Get us some chatter off this week in the studio. Holding things steady, it's Barry Markson and Susan Monday. There you go. Thank you, Becky Lynn. 15 minutes of commercial free news. You hear it every day at 5 o'clock right here on KTAR. And uh, uh, Susan, I got to tell you, we and by the way, we've got Ruben Gallego, Congressman Ruben Gallego, going to join us right after the news at 530 live. You don't want to miss that. We're going to talk about uh, Southwest Airlines and, and some questions he had for Southwest CEO uh, live here on KTAR. Uh, but down at the border, I mean, in Arizona, we know what's going on at the border. We know how bad things are down there and how bad it's been. Uh, for two years or four years, for 10 years, it's, it's been bad for a long time, really bad right now. And one of our senators, Kirsten Sinema, uh, she was working on a bipartisan um, immigration bill that, that she couldn't get enough support for it in 2022. She wants to kick off 2023 uh, with a uh, with a trip to the border, yeah. a bipartisan trip to the border with a bunch of people from Congress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I hope that uh, the president will join that trip as well, because he has the last time he was here was when he was vice president. Okay. And I think things have gotten worse since he was a vice president. I'd love to have him come along on the trip. Yeah, I'd like to see the president come too. Um, but what she's selling right now is to get Congress people there, Republicans and Democrats. Right. And I, I think this is kind of a kickoff uh, for her to say, look, we're going to do this immigration reform thing yeah. again. We want a bipartisan bill. We want support from both sides of the aisle. And the things they had talked about last year was her and, and uh, Republican Tom Tillis from North Carolina, who were spearheading it. Uh, it had a lot of extra security measures, a lot of extra defense of the border, including more wall, including more officers, uh, including more technology. And then on top of that, it had uh, some some forgiveness for the dreamers, for mm-hmm. the young people brought here uh, illegally as children, uh, including a pathway to citizenship over the course of 10 years. So they're not going to jump in front of anybody currently in line to be a citizen. Um, it, it had some other things in there as well. I, I think it I'm not, I don't know all the details of it. I'm not sure if it's perfect, but compromise is the way to yeah. get something done. And I think now that she has declared herself an independent, I think the time is right. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, and she is, look, say what you want about Kirsten Sinema. Uh, she is absolutely, uh, as a senator since 2018, she has worked across the aisle. There's no question. She has, she passed bills. Her first two years in Congress, it was a Republican Senate with President Trump. And she passed, she wrote and passed four bills. That's incredible. Uh, for somebody sure in the minority is. party, uh, a first year, a rookie senator to do that. So she, she has, I don't think there's any question, uh, now she's an independent, but as a Democrat, she had the best relationship of the Democrats with, with the Republicans, uh, in the Senate. She wants to work together, and I think that's why she became a, an mm-hmm. independent now. That's her goal. Yeah, I'm glad to see that she's spearheading this. Uh, she knows the situation pretty well, and, uh, I, I hope that a lot of senators get on board. Yeah, and I, I and not just the ones from the border states, because right. they know what it's all about. Yeah, no, you were saying earlier, you know, you want the people who are at the sanctuary cities and the people who are opposed to some of these security measures to go down there. I think that'd be great. Um, whether or not you're going to change those those views, I don't know. Uh, but what she needs are, she needs to make sure she has enough Democrats, because there might be some who don't want to do bipartisan stuff with more security. Um, and she needs to get a bunch of Republicans. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's going to be the hardest part. Because if you remember, go back 10 years or so, there was a bipartisan effort in the Senate. It was led by our own uh, Senator John McCain. And there was a bipartisan effort at, at uh, immigration reform. Marco Rubio was involved. There were four or five Republicans and Democrats who were doing it, and they passed it. It passed the mm-hmm, Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got caught up in the House, and it, it didn't go anywhere mm-hmm. because it became – it's kind of the third rail for poli- for politicians. You start talking about immigration reform, and suddenly your, your future in politics goes away. Mm. Marco Rubio had to back away from it. 
uh, even well, though he was one of the leaders. You know, there's some debate on whether uh, Kirsten Sinema is going to run again in 2024. Maybe she doesn't, and maybe this becomes her legacy. Well, that could be, uh, one way or the other. I mean, I have to say, I, I think a lot of Arizonans would be happy with her if she led an effort at bipartisan immigration reform. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think that that would be a positive for her. Um yeah, look, there's going to be people on both sides who are going to be upset. There's going to be folks on the left who, if you start talking about border wall or more security money or more agents, they get upset. They think that we should let people in more freely. And if you start to talk about any sort of citizenship for somebody who came here illegally, even as a child, even over the long term, there's some folks on the right who are going to, are going to say never. Don't ever do that. That's amnesty. Mm-hmm. And they're going to start screaming about that. So, uh, you know, but I think there's a lot of people in the middle who recognize what a big issue this is for the country, how bad it is for the country, I'm hoping that, they, that they'll come together. You had a good suggestion earlier today about uh, the different embassies in these countries where these people are coming from right. for them to apply for asylum there, not to come here and be knocking on, right. on the door. Do it when you're in your own country and then come here. I, I agree. And that, I don't know that. Well, I guess I agree with myself. But I, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's something that her that her reform would handle. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's really two issues we're dealing with here. Illegal immigration is people who come over the border um, and we don't know they're coming in. We don't know who they are. They're sneaking in and then they're here. And we have an awful lot of those folks here in our country, millions and millions of people. Uh, there's also a lot of uh, illegal immigration by right? people who come here legally with a visa, uh, but then overstay their visa, whether it be a vacation or a student visa or a work visa, and they stay beyond uh, the expiration date of that, and they're here illegally, then mm-hmm. that happens. The other part, and this is what we're dealing with now a lot with Title 42, uh, which the Supreme Court stayed yesterday, uh, is the people seeking asylum. And what we're finding is in the South American countries especially, there's so much violence going on right now and so much persecution. People just can't live their lives. And it's, it's an economic opportunity issue as well, I think. But there's so much murder and gangs and there's just – they don't have a control there over with over the law, law enforcement. And – we are just looking around. There are millions, millions of people who are coming to the United States for asylum. Now, you feel for these people, right? You kind of want to, part of you wants to let everybody in. But the other side is we can't let everybody in. Right. That's, that's not how it works. But this is another place where immigration reform should come in. Congress should talk, Republicans and Democrats, with the, with the president. And they should come up with, here's our plan. We're going to allow X number of people a year for asylum, or we're going to look at, or here's... But don't they already have that in place? uh, Yeah, but they have to, but what is the criteria for amnesty? Like what, so what, and I don't know what that is right now. Is it just you come in and say the right thing, I'm being persecuted and they let you in? Maybe we make that a little harder. I mean, but there needs to be, we, we didn't envision this amount of people coming for amnesty when these laws were written. We need to take another look at it and update our laws to determine how we want to handle it. But if we do it on a bipartisan way, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. Maybe nobody's happy, but at least we find some, we take some steps towards a solution. That's what governing is. We've got to do something. We do, but that's what governing is. But what we end up with is decades of inaction on both sides. For real. Because they'd rather have the issue. They'd rather yell at each other mm-hmm. and raise money and get their I'm, sides I, As an American, up. I'm tired of it. I am too. Uh, but we have to tell our our representatives that. You have to tell your senators and your Congress people that and say enough. Get in there, talk, figure something out. Let's find it. Let's at least take steps in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But as much as we all yell and scream about it, we don't seem to be telling them that. At least not enough where they're worried about losing their jobs. That's how politicians are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Tell them if you don't do this, we're going to vote for someone else next time who will. But you have to make it. They have to believe that. Mm-hmm. The, but right now they think if I if I vote for something that's considered amnesty by some or too much border security by others, 
I'll get primaried and I'll lose my seat. Mm. And what we end up with is more extremes yeah. on both sides. Yeah. All right, that's Susan Monday. I'm Barry Marks, and we're in for Gatos and Chad. Coming up in just a moment, uh, we're going to get an update. Becky Lynn standing by in the KTR News Center. And then, uh, very excited, uh, uh, Congressman Ruben Gallego is going to be joining us. We're going to talk about uh, our travel mess this Christmas, uh, especially Southwest Airlines. And he wrote a letter to the CEO. He did. I he wonder was, if you got an answer. He was. That's a, the first question we'll ask. <laughs> All right. I think he's a little busy, that CEO. Yeah, he's, he's you know. I was thinking about it before. The Southwest is so bad right now. I wonder if they just have employees walking off the job. Just saying, I'm done. I, I don't need this. I quit. Because all they have are people in their face yelling at them all, all day long. Yeah. And they can't fix it. And they, they're not singing songs anymore. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're not, not ha- happy people. They're not having. They're not happy. You're right. Becky Lynn is next. And then Congressman Ruben Gallego joins us live on KTAR. Arizona's news station. KTAR News, 92.3 FM. A mashup of news, information, and entertainment. The Gatos and Chad Show, 2 till 6. All right. I'm Susan Monday. I'm here with Barry Marks, and we're filling in for Gatos and Chad. And, um, you know, there's still a lot of problems going on throughout the country at airports after the big blizzard of Christmas 2022. And Southwest is uh, the centerpiece of this of this issue. And a couple of our uh, Congress people uh, have written letters and have voiced their thoughts about this mess. And we've got one of them right now uh, coming to talk to us about a letter he wrote to the CEO of Southwest. And that is Representative Ruben Gallego. Welcome, sir. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being available. Uh, what were you hoping to accomplish with the letter? Well, two things. Number one, just get simple answers. Uh, you know, this event happened, uh, and the only reason I learned about this is because my brother-in-law had to get back to work. He, you know, he's a shift worker. If he doesn't get back to work and hit his hours, he doesn't get paid. Um, was suddenly told that his flight was canceled. Uh, and then I started uh, hearing from other constituents, and... You know, we're a major Southwest hub. They should have been more forthright with uh, the city of Phoenix, with the members of Congress of Phoenix, with the customers, with their employees about what was happening. We heard nothing uh, for a couple of days. So number one was just to get an answer. Number two, I just didn't want them to think that they could get away with this by trying to blame, you know, weather systems in other parts of the country when, in fact, they were liable for real mismanagement. Uh, and there's a lot of people you know, my family included that save up their money so they could travel to visit their family. Mm-hmm. And now they're having to shell out more dollars either to visit their family or go back home or to get, uh, you know, to get clothes. Uh, and they need to be held responsible for those types of uh, for, for their actions or inactions. So it definitely was not just the weather, although weather was one big piece of it. But you're, mm-hmm. you talked about mismanagement. Can you can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, they clearly mismanaged a lot of their, you know, their employing staffing, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, the pilots, whether it's the, um, the you know, the flight attendants, uh, whether it's those that handled the luggage. Uh, their system, from what we understand, is very antiquated uh, and was overloaded by what would I would say is a mid-sized storm. Now, other airlines clearly also had problems, but they recovered fairly yeah. quickly, and they certainly did not have the amount of massive amounts of cancellations uh, that Southwest Airlines had. So, uh, you know, I don't want them to be able to use the cover of, you know, a natural, uh, you know, natural occurrence so that they don't pay refunds, when in fact, this is a, a true mismanagement of, of, you know, 
true mismanagement uh, on their part that's costing people billions of dollars. And I'm sure you're keeping an eye on this of what's happening out of Sky Harbor. I mean, do you have an update? Are you getting regular updates about uh, Southwest at this point? We're getting not regular updates. Uh, a lot of the updates are actually coming from the city of Phoenix. Uh, thank okay. you so much to, to them for keeping us uh, updated. Um, I actually live by Sky Harbor, so I I can actually just see what's happening from outside my window, whether there's the takeoff. Uh, there, there that's a, that's been, a little close. <laughs> it is very close. It's very convenient when you fly out to D.C. every weekend. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, what you do see is, is that there is some volume picking up, but there's still a lot of people that are stranded. Uh, you know, for example, my, my brother-in-law had to get on Spirit Airlines and, and pay out of pocket uh, to get back to, to Phoenix because he couldn't get through the the line uh, on the phone. He, he waited for hours and hours and hours on end. Uh, and then they finally offered, I think, a ticket, but it wasn't going to be, you know, to the point where he probably wouldn't be able to make his shift. So, you know, these are the things that are just unacceptable, uh, especially for an airline that really services almost one third of the population yeah. here in Arizona and other parts of the country, too. Congressman Ruben, Ruben Gallego joining us here on KTAR. I know there's been a call for uh, congressional hearings about this. Uh, what really is the government's uh, place in this. I mean, obviously, we're not happy with it, but what what is the government's place when a private business they messed up? Their customers, you know, the market will probably take care of it. But what do you view the government's position on place on that? Well, you got to remember, the market will probably take care of it in the sense that the shareholders eventually will end up getting paid out. But the individual person that was actually flying is never going to get paid out unless the government actually holds them accountable. Now, where do we step in, right? So we are the regulators of the, you know, of the air, right? We, we don't have an unregulated system where anybody right. can just take off and land wherever they want or else we have a lot of, uh, of problems. Uh, number two, we're also the, the companies, uh, we are usually where these companies go to to get bailed out. And you've seen that happen mm. in the past. Uh, and lastly, uh, we're again with the representatives of the customers too. The customers don't have a lobbying team. The Southwest Airlines companies do have a lobbying team, so it's our responsibility uh, to make sure that they're not being taken advantage of. Do you anticipate? So, I'm sorry to interrupt. Do you anticipate Congress would would fine, or can they do that, or is that something that comes out of the uh, the F- FDA or the? Um, I believe I believe that comes out of the FAA. FAA. Would, our, our responsibility out of Congress would be oversight, so we'd have you know, uh, hearings to see what happened, ask them to prove what happened so that they can't lie and say that this is because of natural occurrences or a natural disaster. Uh, and number two, then we would have to do post-regulation, as in we'd have to go back and change the law so that way this doesn't happen again. And what I mean by doesn't happen again is that they uh, are actually using their their money, their their finances to actually update their systems and not take the chances that something of this would happen again and basically hope that, you know, customers wouldn't be asking for response. Are, are you talking with other members of Congress? Are they doing similar things that you like you wrote the letter? Are they doing the same yeah. kinds of things? Absolutely. So uh, Congressman Greg Stanton, uh, who serves on the Transportation Subcommittee, uh, Transportation Committee and the Aviation Subcommittee, uh, led a call uh, with Southwest Airlines yesterday uh, with other members of Congress. He's also been leading uh, some letters there. Um, I, I can't speak for any of the other members of Congress in the Valley, but I certainly know that he has been very active in this. Congressman Ruben Gallego joining us on KTR. Congressman, I appreciate you taking a couple minutes. I have to ask, uh, any plans yet? Are you running for Senate in two years? Uh, what, what's the thinking right now? <laughs> 
Well, it's been quite a uh, couple of days here uh, in the Gallego household with uh, all the Chicagoans that came to stay with me are, are now going to stay here for an extra couple of days because of this. Uh, and as you know, I have a big Latino family. Uh, number two, I don't know if you heard, we made the announcement that uh, I, uh, there will be another Gallego joining the family in July. We did. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So those are the two things we're focusing on on right now. And, you know, uh, we're still talking about how 2023 and 2023 look, uh, looks like. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting no matter what. And did your brother get home? Is he back? My brother-in-law got home. He's back. Uh, I'm sure he would love to have stayed, <laughs> considering the weather he's going back yeah. to. But, you know, the, the man's got to work. Congressman Ruben Gallego, thank you very thank much. You so much. Appreciate taking a few minutes with us. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. On the other side, we are going to talk about New Year's resolutions. Uh, Susan, we're going to talk about uh, uh, the most popular New Year's resolutions that people uh, generally create and whether or not you ever actually keep your New Year's resolutions. I have done it. There you go. That's coming up next. Becky Lynn will be here with a little update from the KTR News Center, then back with more of the Gatos and Chad Show. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show. All right, welcome back. Susan Monday, Barry Markson, uh, taking you up till 6 o'clock. Hey, Christmas through New Year's Day is the lowest week of the year for blood donations, and January is the highest blood usage month of the year. Please consider making a blood donation on Sunday, January 8th at a Vitalance. Saving Arizona Blood Drive. Schedule your appointment now at vitalint.org slash save Arizona. Save AZ. Save AZ. That would be a good New Year's resolution to do that. To give some blood. blood. Yeah. Yeah. Do it more regularly. Not going to do that either. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No resolutions. um, I don't know if you would do this one, but I'll throw it out there. One year I made this resolution and it has become how I operate. I, before they stopped giving plastic bags and bags out of stores, I stopped taking bags. I had so many bags in my damn house that I just said, I don't want bags anymore. And I have refused them and oftentimes just carry stuff in my purse or in my hands. So you're just walking out, putting stuff in your purse and walking out. You know what they call that? <laughs> yeah. Shoplifting, yeah. Susan. That's what they call that. It's a little crazy. So yes, they, they, I'm a big recycler. That, is that, yeah, I, I like recycling too. You know, we use those bags to pick up the dog poop in the backyard. Yeah, but, that's still, uh, but still they don't break down. There has to be a better yeah. way. No, yeah. I, I definitely agree and with that's you. People, that's their reason for, for taking the plastic bags. The plastic is bad, bad, bad. Have you ever uh, do, uh, done a New Year's resolution and kept the resolution like all year long? Yes, that one. That was it? Yes, oh. I've taken bags. I've really cut it all really? out. And I've really cut my plastic right. out. Yes, uh, absolutely. Now, I saw this thing. I know. Each state's most popular New Year's resolution. Arizona's troubled. Yes. <laughs> Seeking therapy is the most popular <laughs> New Year's resolution, being the top choice in 12 states. And guess what? Arizona's one of them. Arizona. The- <laughs> Seeking therapy. Really? I'm not kidding. Wow, you've only been with me two days and already that's your resolution. That's, no, that's not... I think it should be yours. <laughs> <laughs> you think I need therapy? No, you're probably right about that. You're definitely right about that. I don't, um, I don't do the resolution thing. I, I, I just, I've never done it. You I've don't? Done, okay, no, I don't. It's a, I don't probably because I know I'm not going to do it, so I don't worry about it. Uh, My thing is if I'm going to do something, I, I do I, it. I, that's I call all. it a practice. Okay, yeah. so in the case of the recycling and yeah. not taking the bags, it's a practice that I've maintained over the last probably five years. I think it's great that you did that, and I, I do stuff like that too, but I don't make it a resolution, I just say I'm going to do it. 
And I don't do it. Yeah. I do whatever. You know, so that if you don't do it all the time, you're not beating yourself up. Yeah. But, I yeah. rarely beat myself up. Other people <laughs> usually do that for me. All right. So it wanting to okay. lose weight is also a popular, of course, everybody's always I, puts I'd that. like to lose some weight. Susan, it's been great. Thanks hey, for being with us here. Happy New Year to you, Happy sir. Happy New Year to you, too. It's the Gatos and Chad Show. That's Susan Monday. I'm Barry Markson. Becky Lynn standing by with Arizona's Evening News. Stay with us, folks. Lots of great updates still to come. I'll be back tomorrow. It's the Gatos and Chad Show only on KTAR.